I believe we are live with the great and glorious Jay Griggs. I am very happy to have you on today, sir. We um, talked about this a while ago, and uh, we're able to make it happen tonight. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. Good. I'm doing great. Good. What were you going to say? Were you going to say something? Uh, no, I was actually trying to mute some background. Oh, you're good. You're good. You're so good. You so we always start with, for those that don't know you, for, I don't know why someone would not know you. But in 50 to 100 words or however many words you want to use, who are you? What are you? What do you do? I am uh, Jay Griggs, the pastor of New Life Baptist Church in Ponchatoula, Louisiana. Good luck spelling that. Uh, We had started our church uh, almost eight years ago. I have seven children, been married. We just celebrated 19 years. Uh, My wife still loves me. And uh, my children, they haven't completely taken over yet. I'm not uh, very social. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I, I think the, 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 the term was used by a friend of mine who said, I'm socially awkward. And I would agree with him wholeheartedly. But anyway. You, you have like um, a different, I don't know if I would use that term though. You know, it's a poker face. It's a poker face. Okay. And, is, uh, is that normally your first, like, your your default when you're meeting new people, you just the poker face or what? I don't know. I've since I've been a pastor, I've really had to work on it. You've, just, you've had to stop playing poker down. since you became a pastor, right? I've had to stop. <laughs> I, I switched over to blackjack. Okay. Um, and uh, I my odds are a lot better. The right. odds are are more more uh, in my favor per se playing blackjack than poker. And, uh, but anyway, since I've been a pastor, I've had to learn to smile more and be more friendly and more approachable. Um, right here in Southern Louisiana, we're, uh, in the South where people tend to be more friendly. So I just have to, uh, kind of try to work on that on a regular basis, but the poker face is very beneficial in many ways. Sure. Uh, for example, if there's ever anybody interested in my daughter, they're scared to death of me. Right. Um, you know, I can I can say something to somebody in a, a not serious way, and they take me very seriously. I, I give my youth pastor, Brother Nick, a hard time about uh, things all the time, and I call him into the office. I say, I need to talk to you about something. I just stare at him. And uh, you would figure that, you know, he sometimes he thinks he's going to get fired for something. And I go, I just want to let you know you're doing a great job. Thank you. <laughs> And he's like, oh, I thought I did something wrong. You look so serious. But he, he, uh, he hasn't anyway. figured out yet to just treat you as if you're not serious all the time. Right, right. So uh, it works with my kids, you know. But anyway, it's it's fun. I've I've I learned it that I had it later on in life. I just thought that that everybody looked as angry as I did all the time. So, but nope, uh, just anyway. you and Pastor Grimaldi. Just me. Only two. Just me. And, yeah, I know. I think that's why we get along so well. Probably so. Um, but uh, I have a, a few children that kind of inherited the uh, the scowl or the poker face. And mm-hmm. uh, during our free time, we sit across each other from a table and have staring contests. And whoever flinches first loses. There you go. But uh, anyway, uh, yeah, I've had to work on it quite a bit being a pastor. I've realized that first impressions are everything. If you're staring someone down like you want to uh, uh, beat them down. Um, especially if it's a first time visitor, uh, it, it doesn't work out so well in your favor, but sure. Uh, anyway, 
All right. So my next that's question. Whatever I, that's, that's, that's whatever I call my wife over and say, honey, come and eat our visitors. And she's always, she, as mean as I look, she is the opposite friendly. Matter of fact, it's an ongoing joke. When I go into the store, nobody talks to me. Nobody bothers me. When she goes into the store, she insists that she has a, a note, a post-it note either on her forehead or on her shirt that says, talk to me because every stranger in the world talks to her. But they never talk to me, probably because I, I look like I want to murder somebody or something. But either way. Sure. Any, anyway, what's your next question? My, my next question is, how many piles of tracks do you have over there beside you? Oh, this is just one. You know, I, if you saw, I was actually just, uh, I was working I, on my I, blackjack. I, I was actually wondering. There's a little big for, for, for what we're doing. Yeah, anyway. But I just happen to have, have a pair on my desk. And so, just go down to New Orleans, um, keep the church afloat, playing some, playing some cards, hitting the casinos. That is the way to do it. You know, I think in our city or in our either our city or sister city, they were trying to vote on putting a casino in. And they do have a lot of casinos down here in Louisiana. Hmm. But I think that that bill got shot down. I was very disappointed. Um, you know, I want to, <laughs> I want to encourage our people to find ways to earn extra cash to up the offerings. What can I say? Amen. Amen. I, so, I don't, folks, if you're watching this, I don't mean that in any way. I, I wouldn't encourage it in any way. It's just all fun and games. So, so we have, um, we get into your backstory a little bit. I did want to talk a little bit of football camp before I forget. Um, how many years have you been coming to football camp? Um, I have, according to the records, I think, or I saw the, uh, the football camp ad in Revival Fires. According to that, it says that I have gone 13 years, but it wow. has been, it has been a span over the last 16 years. Okay. So, um, I started on the bottom of the totem pole. I think the first year I was there, uh, <laughs> uh I remember, uh, brother Booth said, I, I told him, I said, I, I like to go to football camp and help out. And, uh, I'll never forget uh, the first time I talked to Miss Jane, the first year I was there. They said, you're going to be the dean of men. And I'm, I'm in college, you know, and I'm young. I, it was 2003. So I think at that time I was 24 years old. And um, I said, man, I get to be a dean of men. I, get, I have a title, man. That's awesome. It's great. Yeah. Uh, little did I know what it entailed, but uh, it was just basically the, uh, the, the dean, the dean or the, uh, the, the dad of the boys. And, uh, making sure everybody went to bed and made sure that everybody woke up. And uh, I didn't know this, but the first year I was there, um, football camp had a lot of, of rain. And during that time frame, I don't, I don't know the, the condition of the, the building or the property then, the basement would flood through mm -hmm. some cracks that they had in the wall. And uh, I remember the, the, it was the second night of football camp. I remember – uh, the water was coming through the crack in the wall and I had a, a shot vac and I was leaning against the wall and it was, it was two, three, four. I can't remember. It was just a, some ungodly time in the morning. I just remember holding the shot back there and falling asleep and waking up when the shot back was full of water that let me know I had to go empty it. And uh, we, I did that all night long when it was full. Then I'm like, Oh, okay. It's time to wake up, empty it, go empty it. All right. Put it back. Yeah. You know, and it was probably a span of like 10 minute intervals, but, uh, 
That fun. was my first year. That's first a great year to football camp. The, the second year, uh, you know, of course they had me, um, they had me refereeing the first year and the second year uh, as well and helping out with laundry and, and uh, just doing all sorts of things. But uh, the second year, I'll, I'll never forget, I think it was the last year that they did a water balloon fight. And uh, I, I don't know how many thousands upon thousands of water balloons that we were there. And there was uh, the two Pritchetts. Uh, there was another uh, a person there, Justin Leisure. Um, and then there was somebody else there. And I was the only guy there that I felt like, hey, I'm a little bit older and I'm married. And there's these two, three young guys. And they're, it's four o'clock in the morning. We still got a thousand balloons to go. And I said, you know what, guys, I'm tired. I'm going to bed. They're like, no, 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 you can't do that. I said, listen, I'm tired. I'm going to bed. And if, if, if I can't ever go to football camp because I can't finish these water balloons, then so be it. So I went to bed and I fell asleep. And of course, I think it was like 4.30. Then I woke up at 6.30, you know, or 6 o'clock. It was 6 o'clock at that time. Uh, they just started the morning sessions at that time. But, um, but uh, anyway, it was, it was a blessing. So then I migrated up a little bit and uh, got to coach. And I never forget the first year. I didn't win one single game the whole time. I, you know, it was, it was just like, what am I doing wrong? And uh, this is back in the day when uh, the Agave Boys home came. And so the, there was quite a bit of debt talent-wise. Um, I coached what they called the headbuster age group, but it wasn't really headbusters. I would say it was equivalent to what we typically experience in like JV now. Sure. Because there were so so many boys, and um, I mean, just on my headbuster team, I think I had twenty something boys on headbusters. So <laughs> every team had twenty something players. Even brother brother Romaldi probably remembers those days. He would, I think, he told me he would just get like eighteen and just shut it off because that was too many players. Right. You know to have, but uh, yeah, it would been through a lot, uh, seen a lot in the last sixteen years, learned a lot. There, there's been uh, times where I didn't necessarily like to be there, but I'm glad I was there. I didn't like to be there based on, you know, I, I wasn't feeling well. I'd rather be home. Um, sometimes I was the uh, the back end of a bad joke, you know. <laughs> so, but, uh, you know, the truth is, is that uh, I was thinking about this and I told this to my wife uh, just a, a handful of months ago. And I said, you know, as much as I thought that I was a grown up, see, I, I pretty much grew up my whole life without a dad in my life. And so, you know, so I was I was thinking I didn't grow up without a dad. And, uh, you know, Billy Gomez preached a great message uh, last year on uh, validation of manhood. Sure. You know, and I, you know, I struggled with that. Um, I graduated high school later. Um, I started college when I was uh, 20, 20 years old. I was a freshman. Brother Gomez preached a great message on the validation of manhood. And I, 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 as I listened to that, I thought about my own life uh, growing up primarily without a, uh, a dad. The time frame that uh, I, I guess you could say validating my manhood would have been during the early years of being married. Hmm. So, you know, of course you make mistakes and, you know, uh, different things like that. So anyway, going back to football camp, 
you know, people like Brother Woodward and Brother Booth saw some things in me that I didn't see in myself. And so they used the opportunity. Oftentimes, I would think that, hey, it was, it was, and, uh, and, and because of that, uh, because of, you know, some different things that I, I've been through and, and even people wanting me to grow, uh, you know, become a better man, you know. So anyway, long story short, uh, because of the, the, the pressure sometimes that even Brother Woodward put me under or, or uh, you know, um, uh, put me through different circumstances and situations, I didn't necessarily care for it at the time. But looking back on it now, I mean, I realized that he saw some things in me that I didn't see in myself. Needed, I needed to mature and grow. And it's helped me to become the person that I am today. Sure. But um, anyway, I, I had a dad, uh, you know, my, my biological dad, my real dad. I had him the last couple of years of being a teenager before I left home and went to Bible college. Um, but growing up primarily was with my mom and, and stepfather and my stepdad. Uh, just He wasn't. I would say that he was a, um, a you know, a hardworking person, but he wasn't a, a, a good man by any means. Um, not saved. I wasn't. I didn't grow up in a saved home or or anything of that sort of thing. And I wasn't saved until I was an older teenager. Hmm. But uh, and that was whenever I went to go live with my father. I was 17 years old. Went to a good church and uh, heard the gospel and went to church for six months. And realized that I needed to be saved. And yeah, we we can talk about how you've sp- spanked my team like the last two or three years here. Um, in uh, it's been three years actually, three, three years. I, I said three two years. or three. It might be might, might have been one or the other. Trying to soften the blow just a little bit, but um, yeah, that that I don't want to talk too you know, much about it, that. But I I actually do because you know the first year <laughs> I had a, I. I I actually do because the first year I had a strategy and it worked really good. Um, we had a, our, us coaches had a list of boys we did not want to pick, mm-hmm. you know, um, for one reason or another. Everybody we picked, we didn't see play in the scrimmages or warm ups or drills or anything. We just picked the oldest kids that were available for our age group. Mm-hmm. So while all the other teams had even, you know, great. I thought some, some of the players they had great athletes. We just picked older kids. And I knew right off the bat, if you, in that age group, if you have older kids, that will compensate a lot of times the testosterone, uh, the, the strength, the aggressiveness will compensate for their lack of athleticism. Sure. Um, oftentimes it's not that way every time, but right. a majority of the time it, it will and for that particular age group. So I did that the first year, you know, my average player was 17, 16 years old in that no fear league. Right. Okay. Which for those of you that watching um, home have no idea that is really old for no fear. Right. So I think people started to pick up on that the next year. And so that's what, what happened. So my, my age group the next year, uh, it was it was diverse. I, I had one or maybe two 17-year-olds and then uh, a few 16-year-olds and a few 15-year-olds and 14-year-olds, okay? So it was pretty equally dispersed, and we still did well. So last year, 
we haven't we hadn't lost you know in two years a game in two years and then last year we we noticed that there are no older kids i had one kid that was 15 years old and that was the oldest kid i had sure well, uh, well on the part, team. part of that was not just and i i would bet i may be wrong i can speak for my for my team but i don't think many people mimicked you i think oh, over man. half of the kids they there were in i might have lost you again but i'll, I'll explain this since i was talking but over half of the camp was 13 and under, which is a really good thing um, because that means for the life of the camp, you know, they can come from 10 to 19. And so um, over half of the camp was ages 13 and under this last year. So, oh, okay. the, so all that to say, the chances of you getting somebody, I mean, it, obviously if you just broke it up, Headbusters and no fear would only be 13 and under if you just broke it up by ages. So the chances of you getting a 17 yeah. year old when there's only, you know, I don't know, six, 15, you know, six of them, 10, 12, um, when there's not many of them isn't, isn't very high. So anyway, that, that might explain some so of it. This group that we got when we drafted them, we just looked for a few fast guys and someone with some people with some decent size. Sure. Just to play the line. And, right. you know, everybody looks, everybody looks different when they're in pads. Right. We draft them. And then that Monday night when we do the first team meeting, I said, we are going to get slaughtered. We're going to get slaughtered this year. Uh, it's just, you know, um, there was one, one young person who had really thick glasses. I almost wanted to call them like bottles or something because his glasses were so thick. But uh, he was incredibly fast, had good field vision and different things like that. It ended up – so our coaches determined that this was the year for the overachievers. Or un, yeah, overachievers. They, they were the overachievers. And sure. is there still video coming in? Yeah, it's a little jumpy, but it's still working. Okay, because my screen is completely black. It's really odd. Yeah, sure, it's all right. Anyway, to our surprise, we went – a third year and uh, won it. But, you know, I, I would say, you know, like the, the beginning of the time where you, where you first start coaching at football camp, you're like, Oh, I want to win. And, sure. and, and different things that are involved with that. No, your screen flipped for some reason. I still, I still have the audio though. It's fun. Okay. Okay. So yeah, my, my screen is black. It's really odd. But once you, once you, you win, it's, it's really not about, you're like, oh, okay, all right, so you win, you know, who, who you know, what, what, what kind of, it, it's kind of hard to. Did I lose you again? I think I did. Well, those of you that have allowed us to muddle through, I appreciate you sticking around. It's been a blessing. Well, uh, what we'll do is we'll get back on long enough to just sign off. And we'll pick this back up in the near future when we can get the internets to work properly and appreciate you listening. Uh, I've been uploading some of the podcasts in audio form on uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, Google Play, you name it. And so hopefully you're, you are able to access those. And hopefully they work a little better than this uh, interview has gone tonight. And uh, so anyway, we'll get them back on just long enough to say goodbye. 
and then uh, we'll go from there. Appreciate you listening in and uh, meeting Pastor Jay Griggs. Let's see, do we have you back? We should probably oh, we should probably sign off if that's all right. And yeah, that's great. That's great. Pick you back up. It's all good though. It's fine. Let me let me finish. Let me finish the, the thought right, anyway. Go regarding ahead, go that. Good. You know, if you win or if you lose, in the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Right. If you win every game at football camp, if you lose every game, if you win the championship game, what I was leading to, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how, how well you do as far as the overall record. It really boils down to what kind of, what kind of influence were you able to make in just the short amount of time that you had with the boys and what kind of decisions did they make? Absolutely. How long will those decisions last? Amen. And that's, that's the most important thing about football camp is not about the football. I don't even like to call it football camp any longer. I like to stick with the man camp. Sure. Because it deals with these boys becoming men, which is, you know, sad to say, um, lacking in today's society. Absolutely. You're correct. Yeah. Yes, sir. Anyway. And that's the important thing. And that's why I firmly believe out of every camp or conference or anything I've ever been to, I see more good decisions made and kept at man camp than I do anywhere else. You name the youth conference, whatever the case may be. And I don't have anything against any other youth conference. I go, I go to some and enjoy teen camp and all that type of stuff and junior camp and, and all that. But um, more amazing decisions and and it's also been around long enough for us to see the product but at the same time man oh, yeah. the the amount of just solid decisions and, and the fact that they get specific you know and, and you know people can can administrate things however they want but when you have I, I don't know what the number I'm, you know pull a number off the top of my head but you know 17 boys give up pornography by name last year right. whatever whatever the number was mm-hmm. it was more than two or three and, um, you know, you don't see that at camps. And, yes, that's partly because, you know, mixed gender and all that stuff. But um, at football camp, you know, we can talk to the men, the leaders, the supposed leaders. They're supposed to be leaders. And so that's that's super important. But I, I appreciate the time, man. We're, we will have to meet up and do – and maybe we'll do it over <laughs> um, over dinner sometime. Or um, how early are you getting to football camp this year? Uh, I will be there arriving, Lord willing, early Monday morning. Last right. year, I got, there right. about, I got there about 2.30 and uh, got my room, and uh, Spencer Smith was in there, and, and uh, he was snoring like a bear. He does snore incredibly loud, and that's the reason why no one else wants to stay with him. <laughs> I just want to throw that out there. He has really bad hygiene, too, so <laughs> personal hygiene. I don't know. I, we, we might have to have a rebuttal. He was my second episode ever, and so he might have to come back at you. We'll, we'll have to. Maybe we'll do a group thing over some Mexican food. You don't want to. Oh, <laughs> you don't want to get Spencer and I together. That's bad because he always brings out the worst in me. It, it'll he, make when it, I'm it, around it, him. For some reason, the old like pre-save Jay Griggs wants to you know, kind of take over and dominate everything. And uh, he's just really bad. So. Well, hey, I, I have this thing well, we have a great time. One called Micah McCurry Eats and where I go out to eat with somebody. I've only done one so far, but I think that might be a good one. You, me, and Spencer Smith. I think we'd have a good time. 
Oh uh, yeah, just make sure our wives aren't present. Sure. Well, the problem is they can listen. <laughs> so it'll be all yeah. right. Oh, hey man, I appreciate your time. I appreciate. Yeah, I'm sorry that uh, it cut you out. And stuff, it's not a problem at all. Not a problem. And, and, and I mean, I want to talk football camp, but we we get more into your backstory next time. But um, this has been you stick around for just saying it, Jay. But this has been Mike McCurry live number thirty one, and I think the first question is going to be next time. Don't answer now, but we'll leave people waiting with bated breath. Why Jay or Jason? Which one is it? But don't answer. We'll answer that next time with episode 31B, the second half. And uh, so this has been Michael McCurry Live, number 31 with Jay Griggs. Appreciate you folks listening, liking, sharing, commenting, all that stuff. We'll come at you soon with another episode.